comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Mr. Stark. Yeah? Agent Coulson. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy from the uh, Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement Logistics Division. Can you get a new name for that? Yeah, I hear that a lot. That's being handled. That's what we do. Just call us sheep. So, Brad, the amount of correct facts will probably be down on this episode. Because Russell's not here. Because Russell's not here. Russell knows things, and he lets us go off for a little while, and then he corrects us without completely throwing us under the bus. He's a gentleman when it, when it comes to that, and we appreciate that, Russ. But we do have a fill-in of sorts. Yes, so and... In the meantime, I have no problem telling you when you're wrong, why you're wrong, and how wrong you were. I was just about to say... Welcome back, <laughs> Brother Ken. How you doing, boys? Very well. John, explain who Ken is for those that don't know. Ken is a long Has lost... Has it been that long that they forget me? It's, it's been a long that, time. People that listen to this show may not know who you are. That's, Ken a, is, that's a very good point. Yes. Ken is a founding member of the original Legion of Dudes podcast, which joined on with the Half Hour Wasted podcast, eventually ended up being the HHWLOD family of podcasts. And uh, Ken smartened up a little sooner than the rest of us and uh, took a bit of a hiatus. But it's good to have you back, and welcome to the Shield Podcast. Hey, thank you for having me. I've been dying to actually get on. I mean, since watching the show, I, I wanted to join you actually after the premiere, but I thought, okay, no, I'm not going to step on too many toes. But I, uh, I've, I've been enjoying the show, and I listened to uh, last week's episode, and I thought, oh yeah, I want to get in on this. So I appreciate you letting me sit in. It's our pleasure, and I would also like to add, and Brad will attest to this, that if you're missing Russell. The next best person to have in terms of Marvel movie universe continuity is definitely Ken Morgan. That's so we're that in good a, hands. That is an accurate statement, and uh, I approve this message. Um, before I forget, I know this is a bit of a tangent, but you know the last couple episodes we've been talking about our complicated Facebook address and how people trying to find it. It's very easy to find now. You go to facebook.com slash shield TV podcast. Basically, we just added the the TV in between shield and podcast. Facebook has a username function where you can reserve a, a name for a page and whatnot. And So anyway, we did that. It's very easy to find now. Um, hopefully, it'll make it easier to uh, search in Facebook if you type shield TV podcast. Um, it's listed, I noticed, on iTunes when we had to redo our, all of our feeds and stuff. Uh, it's actually listed as Shield a Shield TV Podcast. Um, so if you hear us refer to it as that or Shield Podcast, it's the same thing, either one. Don't worry about it, but I just wanted to, to let you know it's much easier to find on Facebook now. So Excellent. You may hear us, you know, introduce this show one way or the other. It's the same show. As long as you hear John's dulcet tones, you know you're in the right place. Correct. Or Russell's enthusiastic encyclopedic knowledge and my uh, do-I-have-to-be-here voice. No, I'm kidding. I love being here. And we're glad to have Ken. Thank you, Ken, for taking time out of your busy schedule. Thank you. So before we get into uh, this current week's deal, Ken, give us your uh, your take on the S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show so far. Um, like we mentioned, you're a uh, huge, like all of us, you are a huge fan of the Marvel movie universe. Um, what's your take on this show and how it fits in uh, with all of that? I uh, I like the show. I mean, let's put that right up front. I, I am enjoying the show. Uh, it has problems. I think you've talked about several of them. Um, my, I, I, however, don't think it's all bad. I think it's a lot of it is normal 
growing pains or just step growing into a new show that any show goes through. I just hope that it's given a chance to uh, to grow. My my expectation is that uh, ABC slash Disney has so much invested in Marvel and in this Marvel. We used to just kind of call it the Marvel movie universe, but it's on TV now and it's branching out and it's all part of the same ball of wax. But they have so much invested in it that this TV show is as much of a vehicle of the overall world building as the movies were. So I would like to think they're going to give it more of a chance than they might some, you know, off the shelf, you know, random pilot new series, for example. But it's still going to have to overcome a, a lot. Um, my wife asked me after like the second or third episode what I, if I liked it. And I said, yes. However, I don't know if I like it because of it being shield and tied into the movies that much. Like, I don't know. Take all that away. I don't know what I would think of it. I don't know what the person who doesn't watch the movies the way I would or any of us would would would, would find it. And I'm trying to find that separation, and I don't have it yet. But that, that, that said, this week it got a lot better. I think it suffers from a lot of the problems that any new show suffers. Um it reminds me a lot of Buffy and Smallville right now in that right now we're very much caught up in that freak of the week and that once both of those other shows got past that and were able to get into more arc building and really get – they really kicked it up a notch. I mean they both lasted for seven and ten seasons respectively. Um, if we can get past that, that would be that would be great for the show. Um, also, now that we've had several – uh, episodes in, you can tell that the writers are starting to get a feel for the actors. They're not just writing blank characters. They can write to the individual actors. Um, I, as much as I love Clark Gregg, I think a lot of his performance is much because he's at least played this part. And, you know, I don't know if the writers have played any part in the movie at all or much, uh, any of the movies that he's been in, but he at least knows how to play Coulson. Uh, the rest of them, it's uh, it's new, and as the writers find the voice, and as they develop their characters as well, that will get, you know, that that part will improve. We saw a little bit more character building this last week. We'll get into the show, um, but if those two things can happen, if we can get past the freak of the week and really get into the whole uh, continuity building of the series, um, and then in turn have the writers start really writing towards the actors' strengths in their roles and not just these blank characters, uh, it could it could have a long long run. Uh, and if I have one other nitpick, I'm actually going to go a little against the grain of what probably most comic fanboys can go to. As much as I love the tie-in to the movies, I think I'm ready for a week where they don't throw in uh, a, a line about the Avengers or Iron Man or whatever. La last week's, uh, yesterday's episode, a uh, line about Steve Rogers felt as much like any of the worst product placement I've ever seen in any TV show. Last week's episode... Not the one we're talking about. Um, was it last week or the week before when they didn't mention any kind of tie-in at all? I think it was last week. Yeah, I think so. And I agree with you, Ken. Um, oddly enough, that one didn't stick out. The Captain America reference didn't stick out as the uh, the elephant in the room. But again, the reference to being stabbed through the heart with the alien scepter yeah, you know, or whatever yeah. that that kind of got to me you brought up a couple interesting interesting points i wanted to touch on um one of which is you called i i called this the marvel movie universe and you said you know you questioned is that even accurate now because it's in the in the um tv world now and i started thinking well maybe we should call it the marvel media universe but media is too big of a word because yeah you can consider video games a media you can even consider a comic book a type of media I think it's probably better just to continue to refer to it and I will as the movie universe because that's where it started that's yeah. the, where the majority of it is I um, prefer to call it the money making universe <laughs> yeah really um, write the checks another yeah, thing, I, I, I don't disagree with that but go ahead another thing you brought up the freak of the week deal that reminds me that I said a couple episodes ago that I wanted this show to start taking on a fringe type feel. I don't think I could have been more wrong. Until this episode, I realized what I meant to say was I wanted to feel like Alias felt. Uh, at least the first season and a half of Alias. There was a lot of arc building and continuity and uh, intrigue and is he or isn't he type of stuff going on. Um, even past the... the the year and a half mark, but um, I think this show 
will be very successful if it feels more like Alias than it has, with the exception of this past, this current episode. I really enjoyed. It's been my favorite so far, but I think it needs to. I agree with you. It needs to get past the freak of the week thing. We're going to see some of that because that's just the nature of superheroes, and, oh, yeah. and and oddities and whatnot. But it needs to start, in my opinion, needs to start feeling a little more like Alias felt to me. I would like to comment on one thing also that Kent said. Um, isn't it funny that, to the point that you made, they really know how to write Clark Gregg as Coulson, but they're trying to convince us that he's different now? Like, <laughs> like they keep saying to us, like, oh, how much he's changed. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm going, he hasn't really changed that much. This is the Coulson that I pretty much remember. Yeah, I, 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 I saw that. Um He's a Colson I remember. I, I was listening to both an episode of Shield, the Shield uh, TV podcast, and also an episode of Half Hour Wasted, where um, uh, I think it was Bill, but somebody was, was questioning the uh, uh, characterization of Colson. And right. when I think of things like the uh, uh, in Iron Man two, the Super Nanny line, you know, and uh, or his his scene in the short, um, the funny thing happened on the way to Thor's hammer. Uh, I think no. He's always had that sense of humor, and anytime we've seen Shield uh, without the public watching them, anytime you saw Shield behind closed doors, like Shield in the uh, uh, Item Forty Seven short, they they always seem to have that little uh, uh, unconventional approach to what they do, uh, and you always saw the humor in the agents. And it's dry. It's but it's always like look what we're dealing with. We have to let off the steam somehow. And and Coulson definitely has always been been capable of that. Uh, and also, here he's the top dog. Unless Fury's in the room, and you saw him also then not be the top dog in that in that tag at the end of the second episode. But here in this in this epi- in this show, he he's the top dog. We haven't seen Coulson be be like that except for when he was uh, starstruck in front of Steve Rogers in, in on the on the Quinjet, uh, where he was completely like fanboy and. Even that lends itself to this to this character where he's like, you know, calling the shots, but he also can be humor, uh, have have some sense of humor, but also w- when it's necessary. Like his dealing with Sky at the end of his new episode, that was gone. He was he was down to business again because it wasn't appropriate for that moment. So, so I, I'm fine with his characterization. I think it's dead on. Um, I think the differences that we're seeing is things like an I Spy with the uh, uh, when she picked up something with the backscatter or or. Uh, when uh, uh, your Aunt Robin said something like he can never know, uh, Maria Hill, he can never know uh, about whatever the, whatever the, whatever the truth is. You know, we're going to get that, and I hope that's not resolved this season. That's something that I could see stretch out over at least two seasons. Let me just back on that because just something just, just now popped in my head. I've often thought I want to see them go two seasons just so they can do what I hope would be a tie-in. Heck, I could see the season two finale be a direct lead into Avengers two. What what if whatever Coulson is is related to what Ultron's gonna, Ultron's going to be in Avengers two? I'm not saying it's going to be Ultron, but I'm saying what if it's related to it in some way? I'm struggling with. I'm totally on board with you guys that they don't need to remind us about Avengers every episode. But I want to see stuff like you just mentioned happen. Like I need more Marvel in this Marvel Agents of Shield show. And I think we'll get to more of that in the episode. Yeah. Um, there, there's a place for it. It doesn't have to happen every week. It should be something to be sp- say, something special. Um, I think you made the comment last week that, um, yeah, we're, we're, we're probably not going to see Robert Downey Jr. in an episode. But the possibility is still there. <laughs> right. when, when, when Iron Man, if there was, were to be an Iron Man 4, or if we're leading him in Avengers 2, we could see him in a tag. They could shoot it while they're filming Avengers 2. It wouldn't be that big a deal. Um, the possibility is still there, but let's make them count. Let's not just throw it in there because, hey, we got to remind people that this is the same Marvel, the same shield that's in the movies. All right, so the girl in the flower dress. Uh, Brad, you want to start with anything? Because, of, co- of course, you know, we don't take notes. Did you take notes, Brad? I know Russ always take notes. I never take notes. Did you take notes? I did not take notes. I've I've watched it twice. And I've got a, a digital copy in front of me right now. Um, I just, before I forget, I wanted to ask you, John, if you recognized 
the actor who played Chan Ho Yin. Definitely recognized, but can't come up with where. He was in the movie Predators. He was the uh, Yakuza ninja ah, guy. Ah, yes. Same guy. Very good. Yeah. I, I recognized him right off. I had to I had to confirm it with IMDb, but uh but uh yeah, that's him. Um okay, this episode to me is um it's been my favorite. It uh it was less silly than and I, silly is not an accurate word, but it's the best word I can use to describe some of the problems that can brought up that we've been mentioning this one felt good it felt i believed it um i didn't i don't think i rolled my eyes once at all in this episode um it really feels like they're starting to lay some groundwork uh especially with the tag at the end and we got to see the red-headed doctor again you know there's some throwback to the the pilot there's a there's an underlying story thread that's being slowly fed to us and I like this. You know, this is some of that arc building that that we want to see and it's it's starting to happen. Um I liked this episode a lot. Uh I think the the dialogue was a little better. There was a maybe a couple of clunky parts, but I think I think the dialogue is really starting to to come through on this. I think they're starting to figure it out. Um in the first few episodes, I think maybe I think maybe they tried too hard to to throw some jokes in, some Joss Whedon humor, um, and the, I suppose that was to be expected. But it didn't feel forced this time. Like I loved the uh, the bait and switch uh, at the beginning of the show when we hear Ward saying. Every decision you make from this point on has consequences. What were you thinking when you heard that? You're thinking he's lecturing Sky because uh, she wants to be a, a secret agent, you know, and nope, they're playing friggin' Battleship. I mean, that was just him blustering and posing, you know, about he's how he's going to kick her butt at this board game. And when she actually made him say, you sank my Battleship, I thought that was... It was a perfect setup for that that one joke. And that funny scene was enough for me that I didn't need any more of it. There might have been a quip or something, but there wasn't any more goofiness in the rest of the episode, and I really, really appreciated that. I think I still have a little trouble with Sky bouncing back and forth so often. Well, do Um, do you think maybe that's over and done with now as a result of this episode? I well, I don't I don't only mean like do you mean I'm in terms of like good guy or bad guy? I thought that's what you were referring to when you said I, I just bouncing mean back in and general. Forth. I just mean in general like she's either like super quip machine or like crying over her mother or I don't know what was it last episode or two episodes ago when she came clean about being abused or not be maybe being abused isn't the right term. Um, I don't know. She she seems to and, and now like you know she's really close friends with uh, with what's his name and they're hanging around playing Battleship and that just kind of sets you up because she's going to betray them later on. You know what I mean? Like it's very up and down with her like a lot. Yeah, but I think as a result of of the end of this episode, the conversation she has with Coulson, I think. I think a lot of that's over and done with, and I'm re- hope so. I'm really happy about that. You know, I'm a little good with is she or isn't she, and like I said, Alias was full of that. It started to wear on me a little bit, but I still liked it, and the whole is she or isn't she thing with Sky was starting to wear on me, but I, I really liked the fact that she finally came clean, and now she's got this bracelet on her hand, so... Could she bypass the bracelet? Probably she's a... I like her word, hacktivist. I think that's clever, but, you know, she's a she's a smart hacker person. She might be able to get around it, but I just kind of have the feeling that the sky nonsense is over and done with. My problem or my challenge with sky this whole time was for for someone who was this, this hacktivist or was trying to, you know, be this... Uh, 
WikiLeaks type hacker trying to get stuff to to put it out in the in, in the air. Yet she was very ready to to do what she needed to do and use those tools to 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 help Shield and not not thwart them. She 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 slipped into the role of a Shield agent, not exactly, but not for lack of a better term, very, very easily. And like the interrogation scene when she was defending them and arguing with Miles over, uh, you know, lives are at stake, and he couldn't believe what she's saying. It, it just, it just wasn't working for me. I couldn't put my finger on it. And then when you find out her her motivations were were never about hacking Shield for the sake of, you know, uh, freeing from tyranny or releasing information. It was always her own personal motivations to find out about her past. It's like. I I don't know if that made me feel better or let me down that uh, where we were going, but it, but she she definitely was. She has a, a strong sense of what's right and wrong versus good and bad. I'm not sure, and she and she, she 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 feels and she knows Shield's doing the right thing, and she wants to. I think she wants to be in that team uh, or be on that side of the of of, of right and wrong. Uh, I think of an old D and D reference. She's she seems to be very much more of a. At best, a neutral good versus uh, Miles, who was like a chaotic good. You know, do good at all costs. You know, or whatever. So, uh, I don't know where I was going with that, other than that, I, I'm not sure if it made me feel better or more confused over where I wanted to go. Well, I know how it made me feel. It's it made me feel better because I, it started to be a little cliche for me. You know, her double agentness um, was she really playing one side against the other? And to find out that she that she had a personal agenda that didn't have anything to do with either side really made me believe in her motivation and really made me accept her behavior. I think back to the Gravitron episode where she's uh, basically given up to the guy that she's, you know, rising tide, that she's, you know, working shields from the inside and he's trying to recruit her to be on on his team and she probably, but she ended up just using that to buy herself enough time to get to, to complete her mission. Uh, I, but again, I wasn't sure where was she going? Was she trying to, you know, be the shield agent or be the rising tide operative? I couldn't, I, I just, I just didn't know. And now I find that she's the rising tide was a means to the ends to an end shield was a means to the end. But now I'm beginning to think she wants to be with shield. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. I, I think, Part of the issue with this TV show for me is that I wanted it to be perfect right out of the gate. For me, Iron Man was perfect. Mm-hmm. For me, Avengers was perfect. For me, Captain America was perfect. Did I like some of those movies better than others? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. But they more or less nailed it for Brad. And so I expected the show to nail it and it didn't for you know the first several episodes has it nailed it yet the hammer's getting closer to the nail head but it hasn't quite hit it and so that's been a little difficult for me to maybe admit out loud admit to myself to my comic book fan geekiness person and to my friend who called me on it you know I I told him I liked the show, and he said, I think I mentioned this before, he said, is that what you're telling yourself, or do you really like it? And I think maybe for the first few episodes, I was telling myself that I liked it. But for the last two episodes, honestly, I really did like it. And I'm I'm really looking forward to to more of the same, same feel. One thing I wanted to ask, and maybe it'll kind of get us uh, backtrack on the episode a bit, is there anything to the fact, do you guys think there's anything to the fact that Sky had three of those memory cards um, and now, you know, she she gave up the one that she was carrying with her? Like, do you think there's more? Do you think that means anything? Do you think that's kind of like a throwaway? Because remember um, early on, there was definitely three. And then remember, Brad, right. she like... She lined up the sugar packets right. like the same way that she had lined up the memory cards. Right. Like, there was, that might have all been digging too deep. But... Maybe, and and maybe that was something that they thought they might follow up on. Hey, let's plant this little seed that might mean something later, and maybe it doesn't. You know, um, you got to remember. I I don't remember where there were three, and I assume you mean not this episode. Previously, there were no, three. I think it was the in, pilot. In the pilot, there was a scene where she goes to her van. I, who right, ta- who right. takes her to the van? May. 
Yeah, May takes her to the van, and she yeah there were three, and she stowed one of them. She st- she stowed one of them away and left right. the other two, or otherwise gave up the other two. Right. Right. I think she just left them in the van. Okay. Right. And then I was kind of thinking too, like. Why did she carry around, like, why was she carrying around that one memory card? Like, why would she need it with her at S.H.I.E.L.D.? But I guess she was just protecting it from, like, the van being raided or whatever, so they wouldn't be able to just pick it up in the van. Um, I I figured at the time that when she took that one, it was because that was what she would need to either complete her mission or otherwise sub... um, Subvert shield, or at the very least, was something she didn't want them to find. Uh, so she needed to secure that one. Right. Uh, I, now, just now, when you said there were three, I began to think, okay, maybe she had all three, and she had the one with the parents to uh, to uh, to pull out if she got caught to throw them off the scent, so so she could maintain her real objective. Like maybe there's still something out there, but I don't remember that now. I remember only always high, concealing one. Yeah, she definitely only concealed the one, but there were three. On the desk or whatever, in the in, you know, I've got, a dozen, two fla- I've got a dozen flash drives on my desk, but so I mean, that yeah. could just be she's got a few, a few of them. But you're a nerd. Well, she's a nerd too. Ken, what John's also referring to is the scene in the diner when she's talking to Michael. She picks up some sugar packets and lays three of them out next to each other. And I had mentioned that in in our uh, episode about the pilot that I wondered if that was significant for any reason. So. Like they were laid out. Like it sounds silly when you talk about it, but she laid out the sugar packets like exactly how the memory cards were sitting on her desk. Right. Oh, I like, didn't. I didn't care. Yeah, I know. What it you was mean almost now. like she was trying to signal to somebody. Yeah. Like you know, I don't, I don't know. Anywho, so how about um, Chan Ho Yin as Scorch? And I have to say, I love that they went with Scorch and they just made fun of it as they went along. Like it was a terrible, silly name. And the characters knew it was a terrible, silly name. Yeah. That worked for me. You know, what's his name? He even said, like, are you serious? And then he's like, yeah. eh, it's kind of growing on me. And then in, uh, the doctor. I've just been scorched. Yeah, the doc. Yeah, he even made a, a, a Spider-Man type pun, you know, which was funny. But uh, even uh, Coulson and, and the, the doctor, the redhead doctor, were like, you gave him a name? Seriously? Like, that's stupid, for one, and then second, like, when you give them a name, that just encourages their behavior. Right, and Coulson acted that way, too. He was like, they gave him a name, yeah, you know, oh. like, here it comes now. Right. <laughs> yep. So, you know, we're we're back to this uh, centipede organization, so there is some, there is some arc building, I think, going on with this, and um, I was very surprised to see them get rid of the doctor. Yeah. I mean, not I only the, was she uh, an interesting character, but she was she was easy to look at. It's yeah. not like this show is hurting for anybody that's easy to look at. I mean, yes, know, agents of glee. I've heard it right. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Um, but I was really surprised to see uh, see her gone, and I'm sure we're gonna see what's her name, Rain or Raina. Raina. I'm sure we're going to see Raina again, obviously. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. She's still going to be a, a higher-level operative for whatever this organization is. I think the Doctor was ki- kind of like the uh, handler of I Spy, just as much of a pawn as anybody else's. Um, and, and that's a theme that one, th- one trick that this show has been pulling on us is they take who you think is the big bad, and it's just another layer. Like right. the fat guy in I Spy who they thought was running the show, ended up being just another level of somebody who was being controlled. Right. So yeah, like maybe sense. we thought the doctor was something, but we find out, oh, she's really just under the, you know, the woman, uh, Raina, and now we may find later on that, you know, well, now we do have people at the end of the episode that seem to be higher than Raina. Yeah, she's yeah. working for somebody, obviously. Yeah, and we don't, we don't know who the guy in prison is, do we? We haven't seen him before no. or heard anything no. about him at all, right? Nope. No, okay, it's just, a, just just another another piece of the puzzle. You know, I found it interesting about that guy is that he wouldn't look her in the face. I think he did maybe once near the end. But he would, like, he just wouldn't make eye contact with her. And and, and they were mentioning the clairvoyant? Was that the person? That, that's the term yeah, that's they used, right? that's who she needs him to go talk to. Right. Yeah, so maybe there's a clairvoyant in prison also. That's that's my assumption based on what they were talking about, yeah. I'm sure we'll... I, uh, I, I did understand the uh, the clairvoyant doesn't like to be touched. Didn't sure what that well, meant. Well, she said, we need you to get in touch with 
the clairvoyant. Oh, the word she and used just wants to get in touch okay. with. Okay, okay. And he said that he doesn't like to be touched. Yeah. Okay. This is the type of tag that I like. This is the Thor type tag. Yeah. As opposed yeah, you made to, reference the, to the Avengers type tag, which was funny, but I like the things mm-hmm. that set something up. Yep, set something up, give you a little tease of what's coming. As a um, as a tangent, I read today um, on the internet, uh, Thor, the Dark World, will have two scenes. Yeah. One mid-credits and one at the very end. Yeah, just like the Avengers did. Yeah. Yeah, so be sure to stick around, people. So, so stay for the mid-credits, the, um, go pee, and then come back. So the, they mentioned extremists again. So the, the centipede um, technology was supposed to help, I guess, stabilize extremists somehow. Um, yeah. So at the very end when Coulson says, we, Chan, Mr. Chan, we don't want to hurt you, but we have to. And then May comes in with with two two vials of something and pumps them into him. The effect made it look like extremists blew him up. I think that I th- I think she dosed him with extremists. Where did they get it? It was in the they were in vials right next to him. They kind of actually put they focused um, on it foreground for a focus on that when he was laying there strapped to the, strapped to the bed. There was a couple of vials of something. At first, I thought they were the platelets, and I was like, oh, he's going to inject himself with the platelets and be juiced up again and be be fine. But um, I think that was the extremists, okay. and uh, she used that to. Uh, I've got to, that. To juice him up. I've got that file in front of me. I'm I'm cutting through it, or uh, what's the word? Scanning through it right now. And uh, okay, he's on the. There it is. Let me hit play here. Was I the only one taken back on the pilot when they said extremists? I'm like, ooh, no. that just seems too close. No, after no, we yeah we no not that I, I was taken back, but not in a negative way. I was like, right. yes, they're going to be bringing in all sorts of Marvel. I'm looking stuff. at that shot yeah. of the vials, and they don't say extremists on them. It says serum, but it's red. Well, which, which would make sense because they're they're they have used that phrase. They're, they're working on super soldier, or yeah. you know what was it from the pilot? Every 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 known method of making a superhero. Yeah, extremist gamma. There's a few things in there. Um, and I'm I'm looking. So that that makes sense. I, I just thought it was so where, close. Yeah, I'm watching the scene the where way, she comes in and um and she just. Yeah, it looks like red. What whatever was in yeah. the needles was red, like the whatever was in those vials. So, yep. I'm really liking May more and more every episode. Yeah, well, I'm, she I'm got looking... to kick ass again. Yeah, yeah. We're de- we're definitely gonna need uh, going back to what I said about character development. Um, John, remember when we did our Lost episodes towards the end of Lost, and and we always focus on who whose episode is this? Is the Kate yeah. episode? We need that. We need a May episode. We need a Fitz and or Simmons episode. We need something just to focus on them to, to really bring them, them up uh, and, and fill those characters in right now. I mean, right now you look, I look at the cast and I see Giles, Buffy, Xander, Willow, and uh, Cordelia right now. That's what I see. I see the Scoobies. Right. I need to see them for who they are for these new characters and they need to develop them. But you can fit those, those character types. I don't say, I mean, I see those names. I see those Roles, the same role that those Scoobies filled, I see them in this in this uh, in this show right now, and and I'm not saying that's a good thing. That's actually a bad thing. I need to see them become. I need to see Fitz. I need to see Simmons. I need to see May. I need to to, to flesh them out. We're getting there. We're not all the way. I thought uh, at the beginning when when Ward and and Chloe Chloe, that's her real name, Sky Ward Sky? and Sky were playing Battleship. We saw Coulson and May watching. You know from outside the room. Yeah. It almost for a second there I almost thought that she was flirting with him or maybe she was trying to insinuate that that they had something going on because she says I heard you puttering around this morning and I thought are, are they like sleeping together or are they sharing a cabin or whatever but you know what I took out of that? I took out of that for the most part what it was that she actually wanted him to spar because we know Coulson is physical. He can definitely handle himself. We've seen that in a couple couple places. But yeah, he I, knocked I took one that guy more... out with one punch today. I mean, in this one yep. episode. But I, I took that more as again going to what what's changed. Either he doesn't sleep or he doesn't sleep much. Yeah, and and I think it's more of that and less of what I thought about for like two seconds and then she said something about before I started doing Tai Chi it's like oh she can just hear him 
through the walls or something. Yeah, and yeah. then she was like, "You want to, you want to lay the mats down and have a little." Yeah, you know, you're right. But I, it, she's, she's easier for me to watch now because she seems to have a little bit of a personality. In the first couple episodes, she was just a blank slate. And I, yeah. you know that goes with what you were saying about we need some episodes that kind of highlight each character and and develop them. Yeah. I think the first couple episodes I can write off to her trying desperately to just drive the bus, like she said. But now that she said she's in and she's ready for combat, you know, I, I, we need an episode. We need either a backstory or a flashback. We need, I don't want a flashback. I want I want to find out, okay, we know what she's capable of, but specifically, what does it mean to say she's a cavalry? What happened? What's that story? That, that, that would be something I want to see down the road. Did you guys pick up on... Um... I believe it's right when they bring in Chan Ho Yin. Um the ridiculous uh like hazmat suited guys. That was in his apartment when she says, Close your eyes. Right. And he like you think maybe he's gonna she's gonna kiss him and he closes his eyes and she says, That'll do and he opens his eyes like, What? What are you talking about? Yeah, and then there's the guys in the fire fire retardant suits. See, to me, those those were AIM guys, like because I'm a comic nerd and everybody knows the AIM guys wear like the giant hazmat suits. I'm in total agreement so, with you. So why can't they be AIM? <laughs> why why couldn't the suits be yellow and why could why can't it be AIM? Because they 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 already did AIM. Well, they did they did AIM in Iron Man three. So AIM, AIM is established in this universe, but it doesn't mean it can't still be AIM. Because they're the ones who developed, for the most part, or have control of extremists at this point, really. And that, and that's a good, that's a very good answer that they used aim in in Iron Man three, so it might not match up, etc. I, I guess what I'm getting at is, I I, I need more Marvel <laughs> in Marvel Agents of Shield, and it doesn't have to be forced movie universe stuff. Right. It can be the full back log of everything that has ever happened in Marvel Comics. Like, there has to be a D-level villain somewhere who set himself on fire that this guy could have been, just to bring the name in, just to please, you know, the Marvel fans. Well, maybe there was one called Scorch, and we don't know. We'll have to look that up. We'll see Russ would know. I'm going to look right now. I'm going to look it up right now. In the meantime... Marvel Scorch. I I was thinking about recording tonight and I was thinking that Ken was coming on and for some reason it sparked a conversation that I had with Ken. It might not have been a conversation so much as an email thread or whatever, but I remember we were talking about The Dark Knight Rises and Ken said, the thing that bothers me about The Dark Knight Rises is that it doesn't have to be Batman. It could just be any detective doing exactly the same things, and it wouldn't change the movie at all. They didn't make a Batman movie. They just made, like, a cop story. And I really think that this show so far, if you're not pumping in Marvel stuff, it could be a show about any federal agent team. It could be Fringe. It could be X-Files. It could be any of the Freak of the Week shows that, you know, we've Mm -hmm. seen already. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So I just want to see more Marvel. <laughs> yeah, I, I just want it to count. I don't disagree, but like you said, it doesn't have to be the forced, you know, hey, you know, D- Dr. Banner said. Right, you know, it, it exactly. It could be something that counts. But one of my, my problems when I saw Iron Man 3 the first time was I got so used to this continuity building, world building in, the, in Phase 1 that when there wasn't as much of that in Iron Man 3, I was disappointed. I've since really enjoy what Iron Man 3 actually is. This show needs to be be that though. I mean, not every week, but I mean it's 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 you have 22 opportunities to expand the continuity and then use whatever you create in 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 another movie. Uh, I, I joked in the email that I wouldn't be surprised to see Cat Dennings in the episode leading up to Thor. Well, that guess what? That's the one that's in 2 weeks, so I would love to see something. Right. Um or after the episode air after the movie's out, some reference to you know, what happened in Europe. You know, something like that. It turns out there is, there has been more than one character in Marvel Comics called Scorch. 
one of them being similar in power set to uh, the guy we got last night. Okay, fine. Yeah. I accept that. By the way, I just discovered something. You know how um, we had mentioned uh, the mainstream Marvel Universe uh, being considered uh, the 616 universe? According to the Marvel Wikia that I just found, the what is being referred to as the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which may be a good way to say it instead of movie universe, because television right. can be cinematic. I've seen plenty of cinematic television shows. Um, so let's try to call it that, the Cinematic Universe. I like it. Anyway, it's it's being referred to as Earth 199,999. <laughs> That's a mouthful. Yes. One nine 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 nine. Anyways, just aside. But there you go. Scorch Scorch actually does exist in the. Um, he didn't go by the name Chow Yun Fat. What was his name? Chan something. Definitely not Chow Yun Fat. <laughs> Chan Ho Yin, I think. Yo Hin, whatever. It's not him. Chan Ho Yin. Yeah, it was somebody else. But there there was a a couple of characters called Scorch. And and the show slipped a point. In ratings, uh, it has slipped each of the last three weeks after a really strong premiere and then a big drop off before episode two, which is kind of expected. You know, the premieres are always the best of the season, and then it'll drop in in uh, episode two. It's lost about a point, uh, a tenth, I should say, each week. Um, you know, that's not good. It's still like the second highest rated show that night. Uh, it's still doing better than anything that's considered failing or possibly getting canceled. It already has a full season order. Um, you know, like Ken said, they've invested a lot, and I'm sure it's safe. But, uh, you know, it's not doing – I don't want to call it a disappointment, but I bet this isn't their ceiling when they were doing projections and stuff. You know, I'm, I'm sure they were hoping for a bigger boom. And we- – there's still a chance to see it. You know, we're, this show's still in its infancy. Um, how many shows had the the first season not do well, and then it ends up going six more seasons? You know, several. Yeah, yeah. that has happened many Absolutely. times. Absolutely. This 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 has a a real shot. Um, I I hope they take advantage of the fact that it had it it has such a perceived place in in what they're building at Marvel um, to, to give it the time it needs to not only find its audience, but also for everything I said at the top of the show, have, have the, have the writers, you know, help find their voice, have everybody grow into it and, and develop these characters. Um, Cause if it, if it keeps going the way it is, no, it won't, it won't last, but they have such an opportunity to uh, expand on the universe beyond what they can do in, you know, one or two, two or three movies a year, whatever their, their schedule is over the next couple of years. They can do so much with this one show. Can I take this opportunity to uh, give our boy Russell and the great state of Texas a shout-out, please? Sure. Uh, for those of you that don't know, I live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area in North Texas. Russell lives uh, close to Austin, Texas, and uh, part of the show actually took place in Austin. Um, there's an aerial shot of uh, downtown Austin, which is really cool to see. Our boy Russell says uh, in an email that he's relatively certain that uh, the foot chase actually uh, was filmed in uh, downtown Austin. Um, I'm trying to find the street that he said it was on. Do you have that? uh... Nope, that's the wrong email thread. Where is it? Right here. Here we go. Nope, that's the wrong thread. I can't remember what um, street he said it happened on. He said the car chase... He didn't recognize that as being Austin, but the actual foot chase was Austin. So that's cool. I Austin is a really... Congress Street, yes, near the capital. Yes, Um Austin is a really cool place. For any listeners familiar with um, the movie or comic book uh, 30 Days of Night, the creator of that, Steve Niles, recently moved from California to Austin. So people are actually moving to Texas, which uh, makes me happy. Um, yeah, but as a Texan, I was, I was really happy to, when they said Austin, Texas, I was like, no way. I mean, I was like, no way. 
the the moment they they traced it to to Austin, I like, like grabbed my phone or whatever and emailed Russ and yeah. said, "Russ, you hacking Shield again?" <laughs> yeah, but that's cool. I I I like I like seeing places other than New York, L.A., Chicago. You know, the big cities. I like seeing that in television shows. It lends a a, a bit of realism. You know, I, I don't care if it's Podunk, Mississippi. It's not L.A. or New York or Chicago. Don't get me wrong. I love New York, you know, but seeing... I think that's a t-shirt. Yes. Seeing something, a real city other than those, is always a nice bit of realism for me. I I don't know if... uh, I don't believe it was filmed there at all. It was too too short to do, but item 47, the first part of it took place or was set in Allentown, Pennsylvania, which is about... An hour, forty-five minutes, forty-five minutes or so, south of where I am, and about two hours away from New York City. And if you saw that short, you know it had to do with the fallout of the uh, the Battle of New York. It's also a popular Billy Joel song. It is. As I'm scanning through the digital file of this episode, I'm seeing the guy who played her Rising Tide boyfriend. This guy looks real familiar to me. Did you guys recognize him at all? I mean, is, have I seen him somewhere? Is he a Joss Whedon guy? I did not recognize him. How did you guys feel about the uh, underwear scene? I, mean, I thought well, it was—I thought it was—I thought it was a, a very important plot point because it revealed where she was hiding the chip. How else could you do have done that scene? Well, I—I uh, <laughs> I, I know you're saying that with tongue firmly planted in cheek, <laughs> um, but uh, you know, you think the show's going to get any flack for that? No, you know, honestly, seriously, I'm very serious. They gave equal time. As much as she was sitting standing in her underwear, so was he. This is true. He's- I wonder, um, after the wet dress running yeah. that Sky did uh, last episode or two episodes ago. I think ago. that was more gratuitous than, than this one was. I, I would, right, I would but completely agree. I'd put them both, while that was probably worse, I'll put them both in the same general category. And I hope it doesn't become, you know, a weekly or yeah. not that I have anything against, you know, Chloe Bennett or seeing her mostly naked, but uh, it's it's coming off as a little cheap for me. I didn't, um, as a guy, of course, I didn't mind it, but I kind of felt the same way. Like, really, is this is it really necessary? I mean, how many times have we seen, you know, scenes in in TV and stuff where. There's a bedroom scene, but they're virtually fully clothed. You know what I mean? I mean, kids, yeah, yeah. kids, and, and I'm thinking about it as a parent or or an uncle to to ten year old nephews. You know, who, who honestly, if the, if this show was on at nine o'clock, we probably wouldn't even have been having this conversation. But this, it is an eight o'clock show. I definitely see your point. Um, I'm only thinking. Yeah, I'm know. only thinking about it as a parent. You know of. They were once small children. They're not now. But you know, like I said, my brother's got a ten and a, or eleven and an eight-year-old boy, and I don't know. It, it could have been a lot worse. I'm sure there's people listening to us right now saying, "Dude, that was nothing. It could have been a lot worse." And they're they're and right. They'd be right. But honestly, I like I said it's an eight o'clock show. Um, my whole family, we all watch. Um, yeah, you once got upon how time, old are which your is on children? Sunday night at eight o'clock. We don't watch it. I, my son is six. My daughter's ten. Um, as much as I would want to watch Shield with my six-year-old son, I'm not. Um, I didn't take him to see Iron Man three in the theater as much as he wanted to. Um, I'm gonna go see Thor and without him first see how he does because he's seen every other Marvel movie. Um, but I don't know if the if if it's just dialed up a little more or he's just being more boy and responding to more of those stimuli. Like mm-hmm. I would, so I I don't know where I'm at, but it seems like that. I'm like, you know what, eight o'clock, I don't care. No, he doesn't need to see all that just yet. And plus, honestly, a lot of it I think would go over his head. He just wants to see superheroes, and he's not going to see that in the show. Yeah, I thought that about my ten year old nephew at first, but I was at my brother's house watching the pilot with him and his family, his wife and uh, two boys. Actually, one boy fell asleep, the young boy fell asleep, but um, when uh. In the pilot, when Fitz was talking to Sky over the radio or something, and he said something about, I'll show you my equipment. And then he catches himself and 
he like stumbles again with another word that wasn't yeah, yeah. was different, but it wasn't any better. You know, it made reference to the crotchal region, I guess. My ten year old nephew started giggling. You know, he caught it. And I yeah. I said I paused, I grabbed the remote and I paused the D V R said I said, What are you laughing about, dude? And he says, Don't make me answer that question. <laughs> so, you know, his his parents were sitting right there, but he caught it, you know, Six-year-old, maybe not, but a, a 10- and 11-year-old, you know, they're smart. They know what's going on. Anyway, it like I said, it could have been a lot, quote-unquote, worse. You know what? My, my, I've seen enough of the show that I'm just going to exercise my option as a parent and not have him watch it. I'm not going to complain about it because, you know, don't get me wrong, I appreciated it. Um, I think they could have done the exact same scene without doing that, um, but I'm not going to not watch it or get all up in arms because of it. I'm like, you know what? My kids aren't going to watch it. That's it. I'm surprised that they would do that, honestly, because they know how many kids have seen these movies. Why wouldn't kids want to watch this TV show also? You know what I mean? Yeah. Again, it's it's not that bad. No, it's not. You know, this is the... And we've talked about this a little bit in past episodes. You know, this is the Disney superhero version you know like this is an arrow on cw right right with people getting you know arrows shot through their skulls and you know the basis of the whole love triangle on that show is that oliver queen sweat uh slept with his girlfriend's sister you know (laughs) that's like a major plot point um you know this shouldn't be that which it's not but then you don't have to give us cheap chloe bennett shots then you know Whatever, we are the. Uh, I think it spent way much too much time than that deserves. Yeah, yeah, we're the parade peers. Um, so what do we think in general? I, I didn't probably say enough good things about this episode the the whole time, but I liked it. I thought it was better than the last couple. Um, you know, the, like you said, the dialogue's getting better. The story was better in general. I I did enjoy the. Uh, you know the the different uh, storylines going on this time. I like the sky twist at the end. You know, still wondering about her. I I I'd probably give it around uh, three point eight five. <laughs> I think I liked it. There was there was an actual threat to the team. Like even I spy, it was a little suspense. But if they didn't solve the problem, I mean the, the team wasn't really in any danger. You know, there wasn't any threat to the team. There was in this one. There's very much so in this one, at least to the operatives who were on site. Uh, and it had ramifications to S.H.I.E.L.D. It had ramifications to, uh, well, to the bigger picture, to the bigger plot at hand. Um, and this was, so that was good to this episode. I think it's definitely a sign that if we can keep them in this direction, we're on the, we're on the right track of where this show needs to go. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, uh, to give it a four. I'll give it a And I should I I'm sorry Brad. I should also mention I do I did like you know it was freak of the week but you got the tie into the bigger story and I'm hoping we get more of that. If history serves we're probably going to get some freak of the weeks that have no tie to anything yeah. and then we're probably going to get our quote continuity or bigger story shows but I already like the bigger story shows better than the one-offs. Yeah, I'm right there with you guys. This this gets at least a four, a solid four for me, probably a four and change. Um, I really liked it. I really like the, I have a good gut feeling that they're starting to, to move in the right direction. And, um, you know, I'm a Marvel zombie. I'm, I'm going to watch it if it sucks and, and it doesn't suck. It's got issues, but I think they're slowly finding their way around these issues and solving problems with uh, the show, and I'm I'm encouraged. Uh, I'm I'm really happy about it. It's starting to feel starting to feel like they know what they're doing. Yeah, they. I started saying this at the top a little bit, but if they if they can get the show to the point where it's consistently a good and appealing, not just to us as Marvel fans or just natural fans of the subject matter, but to the more general fan as well. Uh, then it's going to definitely have a great future. Let us know what you guys think about the show. Uh, please send us an email to shieldpodcast at hhwlod.com. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter 
at Shield Podcast. You can now reach us easily on the Facebook at facebook.com slash shield TV podcast. And uh, we will put that link up again in the article for this uh, episode on hhwlod.com. Um, what else, guys? The Captain America 2 trailers will be out for just some Marvel sort of general news. Uh, there's a teaser poster now. Teaser trailer went up today, being Wednesday. Thursday, you'll get a, uh, sounds like a full trailer for Captain America 2. Yeah, so by the time this airs, it'll be out there. Do we have a preview for next episode? Yes, our good friends at ShieldTV.net, wonderful fan website for uh, all, uh, they call themselves a viewer community at the Agents of Sh- for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's really good. They also host our our podcast episodes on their website as well. But the episode that will air in two weeks from now, um, why are we skipping a week, guys? Do you know? I'm thinking the World Series. Um, this is an ABC. Yeah, I mean, maybe they next week World Series could be over. I don't know. I think they're just anticipating in case it does go beyond set four games, but I'm not sure what it'll be airing. But I think they're airing, airing the pilot again, is what I saw. Oh, okay. So they're showing a re- probably a smart move. Anyway, um, the name of the episode is Fzzt, uh Four letters. F-Z-Z-T. I'm going to pronounce it Fzzt, Fzzt. Something like that, I guess. Anyway, it says, When floating bodies turn up, Coulson and the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. must hunt down an elusive killer. No one is safe, not even the team on Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I'm waiting. Uh, we joked about this a little bit. Uh, I'm waiting for the Joss Whedon uh, kill to shock us all. <laughs> um, who do you think would be a candidate to be killed? Before you answer that question, um, let me ask probably what what is uh, known to everybody but me. The only Joss Whedon TV show I've watched every episode of was Firefly, and it was 13 episodes in one movie. I've never seen Buffy, never seen Angel, but my understanding is that uh, he likes to pull a Robert Kirkman and kill off a main character every once in a while when you're not expecting it. Well, funny you should say that, because I have never seen Firefly, but I've seen all of Buffy and Dollhouse. I have not seen Angel. Uh, and there are kills definitely in Buffy and uh, definitely in Dollhouse. So you think that's going to happen here on S.H.I.E.L.D.? No, I don't think. I just sort of <laughs> I just sort of wondered like if he would pull off something like that, who it might be. My guess is Melinda May only because I could see Ming-Na not being in for the long haul. Mm. The uh, in, in, in Buffy, they did a... They had a from the pilot. They had a little core group of friends, and one of them was already meant to be the red shirt. He died pretty on, but for the most part, the main cast stayed together for the whole series. There's always someone who came in to the group during the show. Summer that person would eventually die, maybe a couple seasons later. So of this core group, unless one of them is going to leave the show for some reason, I don't really anticipate a death just for a death sake. If someone new to come in, like just take for hypothetically Miles, you know, since they they used him as a hacker, so, oh, we need his skills. If he were to ever suddenly join the show on a regular basis, I would definitely put the target on him to die a season or so later. But of this core group, I'm not ready to call one of them as the as the uh, the mark as Mark yet. They seem to all be pretty integral, you know, to some extent. But then again, that's what kills you. Pardon the pun about the uh, losing a main character is that you're like I never would have thought it would have been them. Yeah, and it's funny, you know what what Ken said is absolutely true. It was always somebody that they brought in late, but you still never saw it coming. <laughs> like he just had a knack for killing them. In, oh yeah, uh, he, he'd always get them to their happy place, and then boom, they die. Right. So I guess we'll be back in two weeks. Then I guess the uh, Shield podcast gets a little break. Also, you get a buy. Yeah, this is right. Ken, thank you for filling in uh, on this episode. We really appreciate it. And it's good to hear your voice on the uh, on the podcast again, any podcast. Well, thank you for letting me sit in. I, I appreciated it. Come back soon when, uh, you know, like Spider-Man makes a cameo or something cool like that. 
you, you know what? I, I was wondering. I, I know Sony's got the movie rights, but where does that land for TV? Is it entirely possible that we could see Spider-Man on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Only in animated form. Oh, just animated. Live they action, have to Roger, got They have to Roger Rabbit it to get Spider-Man <laughs> in. <laughs> well, CGI is technically animation, right? Let's find out. I suppose. All right. Hey, uh, Ken, remember, uh, don't touch Lola. I am a little annoyed we had not seen Lola since the, since the pilot. No, you no, mean, we haven't seen her. We haven't seen her in action. This is true, not we in action. We haven't seen her fly. She right. Fl- we haven't seen her fly. CGI is really expensive. Yeah, no kidding. Have a good night. Good night. Thank you.